0: That's investher, H-E-R, con.com, promo code 100, best ever, to get $100 off your ticket.
1: Long-term rental real estate is the product that provides you with tax write-offs via depreciation versus other types
0: (sighs) Then Fund That Flip's the way to go. Their team has over 200 deals under their belt. And uh, you can actually, this is crazy, you can actually be approved immediately within 30 seconds once you put in your information. Uh, so go to fundnetflip.com forward slash best ever and get some money for your flipping projects. Best ever listeners, have we got a treat for you? A previous Best Ever Guest, Tamara Aragon, you can check out her episode number 227 titled The Complete Guide to Investing in Single Family Properties. She has a free ebook that lists out 27 ways to find for sale by owners. Just go to posse. that's P-O-S-S-E dot com and get that free ebook on 27 Ways to Find for Sale by Owners. Uh, That's R-E-I-P-O-S-S-E dot com. Hi, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. And uh, this is a show that cuts out all that fluffy stuff. We get straight to real estate investing advice that moves your business forward. And we have talked to, let's say we've talked to Robert Kiyosaki, the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Barbara Corcoran, the uh, TV personality on Shark Tank and also a successful real estate investor and entrepreneur. And today we've got a duo of real estate investors and also CPAs who are going to walk us through their best ever advice. So with us today, we have Amanda Hahn and Matt McFarlane. How you doing, you two? Great, thanks.
1: Thanks, thanks for having us, Joe.
0: Yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. Really excited to dive into it. A little bit about Amanda, because Amanda's going to be taking the lead, but you'll hear from Matt as well. A little bit about Amanda. She has over 18 years as a CPA. She's a real estate investor as well, and she is based in Orange County, California. She's the Director of Business Development at Keystone CPA She's been investing for 17 years in primarily single family homes, but she's also an investor in syndicated deals. Matt is at the same company. Keystone CPA. He's a managing director of business operations there. And he has over 20 years of experience in public accounting and as a tax strategist. So got a great duo today. Again, you'll primarily hear from Amanda. But if you hear a man's voice and it's Hello. not mine, then <laughs> that is going to be Matt. So with that being said, Amanda, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on?
1: Sure, sure. And actually, Matt and I have the same background. We uh, both started out working public accounting in one of the big fours. And um, surprisingly enough, we were both in the real estate specialty group. So we worked mainly with real estate developers here in Orange County. And it wasn't until we read a book, a little known book called Rich Dad Poor Dad, which you referenced earlier, that we started to feel the need to invest in real estate personally.
0: Interesting. Okay. How did you, because before we started talking, you had mentioned that you're a third generation real estate investor and you've been investing for 17 years. So did you read that book at 18 years ago or did did you read it like way before? How did that work?
1: It's really interesting because, yeah, so my grandparents were real estate investors and my uh, parents had real estate. So my first property was actually, you know, gifted or inherited from my grandparents, but never in my mind did I really associate them to be actually my rentals. Um, It was always a family business. And so, uh, you know, I, I really focused my time in my job in the big four accounting firm, doing taxes for other people who invested in real estate. And um, so I think it was about five years after I started working at my full-time job when uh, I came across the Rich Dad, Poor Dad book. And from that was when I first kind of acquired my own investment property.
0: And what do you focus on buying right now?
1: Right now, both of us are focused on looking at single-family uh, single rentals. We're more long-term investors, so have not done too much of the, you know, fix and flip or wholesale type of stuff. Although we have plenty of clients who do that, and I can see it's very profitable.
0: So... When you have clients, I mean, you, you've got the clients from. Do, do your clients' background? Does your clients' background typically is or is it typically in one area of real estate, or is it across wholesale, fix and flip, real estate agents, storage units, everything?
2: Yeah, it actually it actually really runs the gamut, I and mean, we have a lot of clients who are full time in real estate. Whether it's you know a lot of those things you mentioned, the fix and flip, the wholesale, the long term investor. Uh, to the people that are you know, working a full-time, quote-unquote, W-2 job and just investing on the side, whether it's their own or a syndication. So it does kind of run the gamut of a lot of different things. We have self-storage, we've got apartment buildings, we've got commercial properties.
0: So I'm going to give you some broad questions and then we'll get into some, some specifics. If you could invest in one type of real estate and you're only looking at it from a tax advantage standpoint, what would you invest in?
1: What a great question. So purely from a tax advantaged perspective, then I would recommend long term rental real estate. Okay. Why is that? Because long term rental real estate is the product that provides you with tax write off via depreciation versus other types, you know, fix and flip wholesale, they do not necessarily provide you with that paper loss of a write off.
0: When you're working with your clients and, you know, either throughout the year or, or at, at the end, whenever things need to happen, what's something that you found surprises your clients come tax season?
1: So I think that, you know, generally we try to meet with our clients throughout the year. So we don't typically see a lot of surprises uh, when it comes to tax time. The time that people get surprised the most, I think, is uh, if their own projections very drastically from what the ultimate numbers were. So as an example, uh, several years ago, we had a client who said, you know, I- I'm going to have a huge tax problem. I did a fix and flip, and I, I got uh, over $100,000. And when we did the tax return, it ended up the profit was only, you know, close, more closely in line with, you know, thirty dollars to $40,000. So instead of paying a large tax bill, it was a much, much smaller bite. So I think that sometimes surprises a lot of people, Um, in terms of what they anticipated the profit to be, and the ultimate profit being either significantly higher or lower than what they thought they were making.
0: When you're working on your own rentals, your own buy and hold rentals, what do you make sure that you do to make sure that you're properly set up for tax purposes?
1: In terms of tax, I, I think that the thing that we do the most is just making sure that we track all of our expenses, Because I do know from experience that is probably the number one most commonly missed item in working with clients. So, you know, everyone knows to deduct mortgage interest and property taxes and management fees for the rentals. But, you know, we also, for Matt and I, um, you know, and just for full disclosure, Matt and I are are not just business partners. We're also married as well. Oh, I didn't know that. (laughs) So when I say Matt and I, we also, you know, invest together and all that stuff.
2: Um, and sometimes clients are like, "Oh, that's awesome!
0: You guys go on vacation together." <laughs> <laughs> you had you have different last names. That's what threw me off. Exactly. But okay, now I understand. Exactly. All right, that's funny.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, in terms of just making sure we're set up correctly and looking at capturing all of our deductions. So, just all the you know all the 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 things that are are somewhat personal in nature, like deducting uh, partial usage of our cell phones car mileage, you know, us going to real estate clubs, just small things like that here and there is what I typically see gets missed the most.
2: And I think, you know, in terms of a non-taxing, just from a business operations perspective, there's some properties that we manage ourselves versus having a property manager. So on those, you know, I think the biggest advice is that we just try and be as responsive and as quickly, respond as quickly as we can to our tenants, because I think that just goes a long way in making a smooth relationship. And, you know, same thing with our CPA practice, we kind of just Try to do that so that um, I I think a lot of people forget that that when they're landlords, they, they need to kind of approach it like that sometimes.
0: Yes, yes, and as as with anything in in life, when you have a client, as if you can respond quicker, as long as it's substantive, the better. That way, the ideas don't start going down some some spiral that that they don't need to be going down. Whenever you could nip it in the bud, I want to ask the question about the capturing your deductions. How do you track or how do you capture it? First off, like what what sit, what tool do you use? Is it an app? Is it just a pen and pad? What do you do? <laughs>
1: that's a really great question. I mean, we're fortunate in the sense that we're both accountants and we have a bookkeeper that helps us in our business and our real estate. So in terms of capturing, I think timeliness is very important. You know, for us, whenever we spend something that's either business related or rental related, uh, we always make sure we're using the correct bank, correct ATM card or correct credit card so that all those charges go to those you know, designated bank accounts or credit card accounts. And timing list is important because, you know, if I went out and spent $10 at a local real estate meeting, you know, that doesn't show up anywhere on the bank statement, right, because it's in cash. So we always make sure that our bookkeeping is done, preferably once a month, so that I still remember what exactly was that $10 spent for.
0: And do you just simply keep the receipt and then hand it over to the bookkeeper and, and tell him or her this is what it's for? And then they do magic on the back end with the Excel spreadsheet or <laughs> Quicken or whatever?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I really, for me, I hate the little receipt paper. So what I actually do is I take a picture of that receipt immediately um, and I transfer it to the computer and send that to the bookkeeper to do the data entry side.
0: And do you have an app that you take the picture through or is it just no. a simple picture and then you email it to the person?
1: Yeah, just through my phone and then once a month I sync it to my computer, it goes into a folder and that's how they extract it. I'm sure there are more complicated or sophisticated apps out there. Um, what I've just found is you know, I always have my cell phone with me at all times so it's easier for me just to simply take a picture you know, with my phone.
0: And if you're doing it at the end of the month, does it sometimes get hard to track what that was for?
1: No, not necessarily. I don't think necessarily at the end
2: of the month, but it's definitely more so if it's, you know, three to four months later.
1: Yeah.
0: You both are like elephants then, right? (laughs) 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 You both have much better memories than I do.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the good thing for me, the good thing about using my phone to take the pictures is my images are already organized by date. I mean, that's how they, you know, the, I guess the file name is already by date. So it's really easy for the bookkeeper to go ahead and match it up through a bank statement or credit card statement that they're looking at to see exactly what, you know, that was spent for.
0: You mentioned using the correct bank account. Just structurally, how do you set up your business in terms of professional business versus or, or full-time job versus rentals?
1: Sure. So for us, I think for most investors, it's important that you you designate A specific bank account to an activity so for us for example Keystone CPA is our business we have credit cards and and ATM cards that we know are you know held by Keystone so whenever I have a, a CPA related expense that's the card I charge it to we have an LLC for our rental property so that LLC has a bank account so you know whenever we're spending money for rental related stuff we'll know to take out that particular card
0: do you have a bank account for individual properties or is there one umbrella bank account for all of your properties?
1: For us, no. We just have one bank account for all the properties that we own because they're all held together. I think that's how I see it done in most clients because it just might be too time consuming. You know, if you had 12 properties with 12 bank accounts, it just might take a lot longer to reconcile. And then you can imagine your wallet gets thicker and thicker as you buy more and more properties.
0: It'd be a nightmare.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: it'd be a nightmare and and slash uh, some sort of hernia or something where your, <laughs> your back would be lopsided. <laughs> You've got real estate properties. We've talked about structuring businesses for tax purposes, different things. What is your best real estate investing advice ever?
1: Best real estate investing advice ever. I would have to say to approach an investment property keeping in mind that that you're looking at it as an investment property. I think one of the most common mistakes I see people make when they're when they're new to real estate investing is, you know, when shopping for an investment property to start to envision themselves in that property. So I have clients who start to look at maybe a a very nice cabin in the mountains, you know, trying to justify, well that's a good investment because I'm also planning on taking my family there for a vacation a couple times a year. So, you know, I mean, I think usually when when we buy rental properties, we might make mistakes and hire the wrong management company or the wrong plumbers or a bad tenant. Those are things that we can more easily fix. I think, you know, the the worst mistake to make is to buy the wrong property, maybe because you really love the property, you love the walk-in closet, without really making a decision based on, you know, the, the concept that, hey, I'm buying this property for appreciation or for cash flow, or because, you know, this is the, the purpose of this particular property.
0: As CPAs, you two come across, you know, varying incomes and expenses and all that. And based on just your exposure to a lot of different businesses and business models that you work with your clients, what business model for real estate have you seen makes the most money?
2: It's hard to say. I mean, I, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to come down to the individual, unfortunately. I, I think there's there's individuals that, you know, they just do better in terms of organizing their business. They do better in terms of managing people or managing projects. And so they might be doing fix and flip, and they're going to – they can be doing the exact same area as somebody else, but they just have better systems. They have better processes. They know how to run a business for whatever reason. They're going to make more money than the other person that's down the street doing the exact same, you know, quote-unquote property. But then, you know, so people make good money, obviously, in fix and flips. Uh, we have people making good money on wholesale. We have people that are, like I was saying earlier, that they work W-2 jobs, but they, they choose to invest all their, their cash into rental properties, and that's how they're going to build their retirement. And, and they, you know, they may not make as much, quote, unquote, chunks of cash as somebody who's doing fix and flip, but they're doing great for themselves because they're building themselves up for retirement. So I think, it, I think it's hard. It just depends on how you look at it, I guess.
0: Makes sense. That makes total sense. Are you two ready for the best ever lightning round?
1: Oh, I
0: don't know. I hope so. With trepidation, we shall continue. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. If you need money for your flipping project, then go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. You'll know within 30 seconds if you're approved or not to get money for your residential flip. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. All right. Best ever book you read?
1: I have to say Rich Thought Poor Dad.
0: Okay. Well, best ever listeners, all you got to do is Google Robert Kiyosaki and Joe Fairless and then you will you can hear Robert Kiyosaki's best ever advice and some questions that you need to have answers to if you approach him and want a partner. Best ever personal growth experience and what'd you learn from it?
1: You know, uh, several years ago. When I used to still work at public accounting, I decided, or Matt and I both decided we were going to quit our jobs and do real estate full-time, that we were going to be real estate developers. And uh, after several months of really getting to understand what that meant, we decided that we were really passionate about finances and taxes. And um, so that's when we made the decision not to be full-time real estate investors, but to be CPAs that specialized in working with real estate investors, so we could still focus on our passion of doing tax strategies, but also have our hands dabble in real estate.
0: I thank God every day for people who have a passion for taxes. Because <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> Best ever deal you've done.
1: Best ever deal I've done. God, I have to say the the, the inherited property. Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> Thanks, free. Grandma.
1: Yeah, the family's property management company still manages that for us so we love it
0: (laughs) best ever way you like to give back
2: we actually have our we actually formed our own charity about four or five years ago called the animals for armed forces foundation so and what that does is it actually uh sponsors or underwrites free adoption events a couple times a year for military families uh, both past and current military families where we're helping get uh, animals adopted out of the shelters and at the same time saying thank you to our military so that's that's what we do
0: Oh, that's awesome. And do either one of you have a military background?
2: Not us uh, per se, but I, I had three family members who were in the military and I've I've uh, volunteered at a local animal shelter for the last seven years. So it kind of came together as an idea we got, you know, driving by a shelter. Um, and in, in these five years, we've actually just, just surpassed the 500 mark for a number of adoptions of military families. So pretty excited about that. Oh, that's, that's
0: such a cool initiative. Thank you for doing that. What's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate?
2: The biggest mistake we've made was we invested in a syndication a few years back and just didn't do enough due diligence on our own. It was kind of a, you know, bad as it sounds maybe, it, we, we kind of put our faith in somebody as opposed to kind of doing our own due diligence and, you know, we lost a chunk of our retirement account because of it. So, so the, the advice is to, you know, don't rely on, you know, what somebody says, but do some, your own analysis of the market as much as you can to understand things.
0: Why did the project fail?
2: Project failed, I think, because they underestimated the time it would take to rehab units and get them filled up. They didn't understand the market in terms of the market was changing. You know, this is back in, I don't know, 08, 09, something like that. So,
1: And the lending requirement changed, so they weren't able to get the bridge financing to refinance on time. Right.
0: Mm, got it. Did the whole thing go under?
2: It did eventually. They, they were forced to sell it, and you know the investors basically, none of us got our money back.
0: Got it. What type of researcher due diligence do you do now to mitigate that from from happening again?
1: Well, I mean, with you know, we, we still invest in syndication, so so that in that particular bad experience, it was a syndication, and, and that hasn't dis- it deterred us from syndications because we have plenty of clients that are syndicators and and you know provide great returns. Um, I think on. What we do now that we didn't do before is really doing a lot of due diligence, not just on the property, but on the syndicator as well, um, because when you invest in syndications with you know, your money or your retirement money, you really don't have a lot of say in what gets done. You know, We don't really have uh, a decision making right in when to refi or when to do rehabs and stuff like that. So I think for us, it's really important to know that the syndicator is of uh, high integrity and has a good track record.
0: And what's the best ever place the best ever listeners can find you to?
1: The best ever place to find us, uh, I guess, KeystoneCPA.com. Um, we have lots of free ebooks and downloads. So it's www.keystoneCPA.com.
0: Awesome. And we have many, many, many best ever listeners in California. It's actually the number one state with the most listeners. I believe, I think New York's a close second, and Texas is third, unless that's changed since the last time I looked. But does somebody have to be in California to work with you?
1: That's a really good question. And no, we are actually licensed to practice in all 50 states. And, and uh, in fact, more than half of our clients are outside of California, believe it or not.
0: Awesome. Well, Amanda, thank you so much for being on the show and I appreciate you being on the show, Matthew. Just great, great insight from tax standpoint, from a, a investment standpoint and specifically some of the things, some of my takeaways that I was I was writing down is, you know, the best long-term tax advantage for any type of investment is a long-term rental. real estate so that they've got the best write-offs because primarily because of depreciation and some other things. The one thing that surprises clients, hopefully clients aren't surprised, but one aspect might be that if their own projections vary drastically from what their numbers are projected to be, one of the things that you all, you two, do on a consistent basis is track all of your expenses. You said that's the most commonly missed item for investors. So make sure not only the uh, receipts of, of what you're spending, but then also all the car mileage, going to real estate clubs, things like that. And then structuring your business, you like to designate a bank account to an activity. And I agree. I'd go bonkers if I had a bank account for each property. I mean, any any I think person would. It's just not practical. And then you know, your advice of approach investment property as an investment property. Don't approach it as a property that you know, you're going to be living in because hopefully you're not. Unless you know Armageddon happens, but you at least you shouldn't approach it that way. It's more about a cash flow opportunity, and then in syndications. For you know, I, I'm a multifamily syndicator, so my best ever listeners have heard about syndication a lot. When you are approached by someone who does a syndication, then do the due diligence not only on the property, but the actual person putting the deal together, and learn a lot more about them, learn about their character, and and learn what they're all about. And really cool that you're doing the Animals for Armed Forces Foundation. Um, I think that's that's great. I, I'm a huge fan of. What, doing whatever we can to support the military and, or at least the people in the military because I think they really help us live the life that we live and have the freedom that we have and lastly thank you for being so darn passionate about taxes on behalf of myself and I'm sure the entire best ever community who aren't CPAs so thank you so much for being on the show sharing your best ever advice and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks
1: Joe. Thanks Joe.
0: I want to mention Fund That Flip because Fund That Flip is an online lender that gives you fast, convenient access to really affordable money that you need for your flip project. So if you're doing residential flips, then the main thing I imagine that you're focused on, uh, or the main two things, are the deal and the money. Uh, So if you've got the deal pipeline but you need access to cash and you want to build a reputation within a, a, a group that will continue to invest their dollars into your deals, then go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Uh, the, the founder of Fund That Flip is Matt Rodak, and he's actually one of my very first guests on the show. It's episode number seven. Um, so if you have a chance, go check that out too, familiarize yourself with Matt and Um, what he's all about but when you're needing money and you want an online lender that provides fast convenient access to affordable capital for your flipping projects then fund that flips the way to go their team has over 200 deals under their belt and uh, you can actually this is crazy you can actually be approved immediately within 30 seconds once you put in your information uh, so, go to fundnetflip.com forward slash best ever and get some money for your flipping projects. Best ever listeners, have we got a treat for you? A previous best ever guest, Tamara Aragon, you can check out her episode number 227, titled The Complete Guide to Investing in Single Family Properties. She has a free ebook that lists out 27 ways to find for sale by owners. Just go to R E I Posse, that's P-O-S-S E dot com and get that free ebook on twenty seven ways to find for sale by owners. Uh, that's R-E-I-P-O-S-S-E dot com.